Welcome friends. We are your hosts, Sandy and Wade, baby best friends turned husband and wife and business partners. This podcast is for the dreamers, the movers and shakers, and those who seek to attract their dream life. Strap in, getting magnetic in three, two, one. Like attracts like. If you see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. And then from that point, the universe is going to get out your way. This moment in time, this is your time to rise. We are back to interviewing. I'm excited for today's guest. It is Morgan Zanotti. She's the president and co-founder of Primal Kitchen. Do you guys know that brand? If not, you're going to get to know it and you're going to want to be involved in using it. So Morgan Zanotti, she's the president and co-founder of Primal Kitchen. It's one of the fastest growing brands in the natural products industry. And with her energetic leadership, innovative mindset, Primal Kitchen launched the first avocado oil-based mayonnaise and salad dressings, along with a bevy of other industry-leading pantry staples. Prior to Primal, Primal Kitchen, she ran marketing for Kavita and managed brands within PepsiCo's growth ventures portfolio for a boutique advertising agency. She spent her post-college years as a yawn-plagued accountant turned nomadic adventurer in South America and as a wannabe yogi in Hawaii. When Morgan's not tirelessly working to improve our food system, you can find her surfing, hanging out with her little dudes, or wandering farmer's markets looking for fresh eats. I'm excited for this interview today. And side note, I actually got certified to be a health coach within the Primal Health Coach Institute tied to this brand. So I like know this brand very well. Uh, the co-founders, we met Morgan today. Mark Sisson is also a co-founder. He's like one of my nutrition mentors in the health and wellness space. But we got into today like so many good topics. Morgan really empowered us uh, what it looks like to be an entrepreneur, to break into a hard to break into category, how to bring an idea or a vision to life, how to balance it with being a mom of of two and one on the way and kind of casting that big vision. Like they had a vision for this and they just sold it for $200 million. So we'll get into that story too. But without further ado, let's bring Morgan onto the show. And here we go. Morgan, welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you here. Awesome. Thanks, guys. It's great to meet you. Yes. So really excited to hear your story today. And before we get into Primal Kitchen, how you co-founded it with Mark and all the you know battle stories there, we want to know before Primal Kitchen, who is Morgan? Like, what's your story leading up to co-founding Primal Kitchen? Yeah. I mean, who is, what a loaded question. Um, <laughs> yeah. I like how you're really kicking it off with a hard one. Let's see. Who is Morgan? So I grew up in Chicago. I went to school at at CU Boulder. I got an accounting degree. Um, and then after college, I was an accountant for nine months and it was really boring. I spent like half the time planning a trip to leave the country. So I was supposed to go to Argentina for just like three months. I convinced my um, best friend from childhood to move down to Argentina with me. So did a year, quit to quit my first job to be a waitress at my aunt and uncle's resort in Northern Wisconsin, and then moved out of the country. And then we met these three girls from Ireland. And then my three-month trip turned into like two and a half years in South America. We were on what they call like the Gringo Trail. So you're by bus from the southern tip of South America, Ushuaia, all the way to Colombia. I lived in Mexico for a bit, learned how to surf in Ecuador, was doing 
um, research for this political author. So I was kind of like living the four hour work week, right? When like Tim Ferriss and the four hour work week mm-hmm. was emerging. I remember reading the book and I'm like, why am I reading this book? I like, I live <laughs> off of 10 grand a year. I make 12 grand a year and I'm, I'm in South America learning a different language and whatever. Anyway, so I was kind of like living my own version of that story. Then I, I had at the end of that trip, I met a, a woman from California and I had never been to California, which is funny, grew up in the Midwest, you know, whatever. And she said, oh yeah, like I'm, I do this cleanse every year from this company standard process. They like grow their own herbs. They're a Wisconsin based company, grow their own herbs and stuff. And they do like, you know, your typical back then cleanse wasn't like, you know, maybe these were kind of the days of like, if you remember the master cleanse, like maple syrup and cayenne pepper and water, yeah, but this was like, you take pills, but they, it came with like some diet stuff, like cut out processed foods, try to eliminate meat, you know, just, just like really clean it up. And I had never done anything like that before. And I, I had like my own kind of health revelation, like things that I didn't know were bothering me cleared up, like allergies, like constipation issues, like skin, just everything. I felt a lot better. So I kind of went on eating in that way. And then it sparked this just like obsession with the health and wellness movement. So it was like Michael Pollan and then Food Inc. And then, you know, God, I think I even read like Skinny Bitch at one point in time. And then I just couldn't get enough. And that just, that grew into like, well, what's happening in this paleo movement? And I was interviewed on the news for intermittent fasting like 10 years ago before intermittent fasting was a thing. I got into like the keto diet or pretty early on. I was working with Mark at the time. So anyway, fast forward came home from South America, had like my reverse culture shock. Um, Just like, what am I doing? I do not belong in the United States. Like, I can't believe people spend $100 a night going to bars. You know, I'm like 25 at this point. Uh, I ended up at an advertising agency in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I managed the Frito-Lay account. So I was working on all the brands Frito-Lay owns that don't have Frito-Lay on the back of the packaging. So I learned a ton about the food industry and just package design and, you know, these arms of big companies that acquire these smaller companies that are kind of like better for you, if you will. At Frito-Lay, there wasn't like too much better for you, but there are at other big CPG companies. And then I decided I wanted, I hadn't surfed in like a year and a half. That became like a really big passion of mine when I was traveling. So I mm-hmm. went out to California. I actually was dating someone at the time. I broke up with him, moved to California. I was like, I'm 28 at this point in time. They let me keep my job and work remote. But then I became obsessed with Kavita. Do you know Kavita, the sparkling yeah. probiotic drink? They're like the number two player in the kombucha category. And I reached out on LinkedIn to their like VP of sales. And I was like, are you guys hiring anything? And they're like, actually, we're hiring a director of marketing. So I interviewed for that position and became the director of marketing for this brand, Kavita. They were headquartered. I'm living in Manhattan Beach at the time, Hermosa Mm -hmm. Beach in Los Angeles, achieving my like goal of surfing in between meetings. And, you know, just like, you know, I'm supposed to meet like a hippie guy who lives in a van, who's a surfer for sure. I end up falling in love with this Air Force football player uh, who's now my husband. I have baby boy number three on the way. But um, so this is all kind of like my first six months in California. And then, yeah, I went to work for Kavita. And then at Kavita, we I knew who Mark Sisson was because I had this own my own personal obsession with health and wellness. And we he was at the time doing these events called PrimalCon. I don't know, Wade, maybe you remember, but he would have like yeah. Yeah, all these people out to um, a hotel in Oxnard, and it was like a lot of like ultimate frisbee, healthy food, barefoot, you know, running on the beach type mm-hmm. thing. And 
so we met because Kavita sponsored the event. I didn't need to go, but I wanted to meet Mark because I knew who he was. Um, and we just hit it off. And then actually at the end of the night, Mark was like, if you're leaving, can you give Carrie and I a ride home to our hotel? So I gave he and his wife Carrie a ride home to their hotel, which is kind of hilarious. And then I quit my job at Kavita. Adam and I were on a, we rented this thing called a juicy van. It's really cool. If anyone listening wants to find it, but they're like converted minivans with a Yakima like top carrier on the top that mm. let, is like a sleeping bed. So you can just very easily like camp anywhere. So we rented it. I quit Kavita. We're running this juicy van and we're on a surf trip from like San Francisco down to San Diego. And Mark called like the timing was crazy because it was kind of like my in-between period. I didn't know what I was going to do yet. Airbnb had just launched. I was running out my room on Airbnb and like sleeping at Adam's house. I had a roommate. I I don't even know (laughs) my roommate, Eddie from England. I don't even know if I asked him if he cared, but I just started running out my room and then sleeping at Adam's. And then, yeah, Mark called and said, Hey, you know, I'm wondering if you can meet up. I want to launch this food company. And I'm thinking maybe you can help. So I started as a marketing consultant for Mark. God, this is like in the end of 2013. And he had hired on uh, another couple, like a chef. Um, they had a separate business in the paleo space and they were helping with the rest of the business. But then it just was like too many part-time people and not enough like focus. So they actually exited the business and then Mark was like, okay, can you come on full-time and let's do this? So this was, I came on full-time maybe a year later in the end of 2014. And then in February of 2015, we launched the mayonnaise, this primal kitchen mayonnaise made with avocado oil. And Mark had a supplement company at the time. For those listening who don't know who Mark is, he's considered like, I guess, one of the founders of the paleo movement, if you will. Mm-hmm. Wade probably can give you like a better Mark bio than I even can <laughs> at this point, but um, since he's done the health coach program. But yeah, so he had a lot of followers on this blog, Mark's Daily Apple, and he was selling supplements direct to consumer out of like a two room office at the Malibu Chamber of Commerce. And I was like the sole employee working on Primal Kitchen. So managing our codemans, like our external manufacturers, doing marketing, like the Instagram account was started on my phone, you know, hiring on a broker to get into Whole Foods, like all of those things. Um, I actually was the sole person working at Primal Kitchen for the first year, which I wouldn't recommend. I think I probably needed some help like a few months before I let on. Um, But we had a lot of support. We had the email list, like an audience to talk to. And then there was like a customer service team and a graphic designer that is still our graphic designer. We do everything in-house still to this day. So yeah, it was a fast and furious launch. So I love it. Yeah, sorry, that was like a really long, loaded story. The lead up, that was perfect. no, that was you're an amazing storyteller, and yes. you're just so relatable. Like everyone listening is like, wait, she's so normal. Like this is so cool. <laughs> I know yeah. that's the empowering part. Is like, wait, she just wanted to surf and travel and dropped out of accounting nine months in and went to South yeah. America for a few years and. Rented the and and like yeah now now she's a co-founder of like one of the leading you know natural food brands or healthy food brands like it's so empowering and yeah a little background for the listeners is you know a lot of you probably know if you've been listening or you follow me on Instagram like I I'm obsessed with health and wellness as is Sandy we love we love li- living a healthy lifestyle and the foundation of it for me was the Primal Health Coaching Institute I wanted to learn about health and how to be the best version of myself. And I realized a lot of it started with health and nutrition and their healthy habits. And I found uh, who we've been referencing, Mark Sisson online. Yeah, kind of like the godfather of like paleo or ancestral primal health knowledge. He's like, I remember seeing him. I'm like, wait, this guy's like 
I think he might have been like 69 at the time. I honestly forget how old he was. And he's like shredded six pack playing Frisbee on the beach. And I'm like, I'm going to listen to whatever this guy has yeah. to say because that's what I want to look like. Yeah. And so I did He'll this. 69 in July this year. So you probably okay. saw that like 63. Okay, I before, but, and impressive nonetheless. Yeah. yeah in his sure. 60s, like absolutely, you know, shredded playing Frisbee on the beach, sprinting and all the things. And I'm like, oh, man. And so I took this Primal Health Coaching Institute to really learn. And that was the foundation for me. And then we've been using like Primal Kitchen, you know, food products for the last five years or so, just because they're so good. And it's so, you know, it's funny how the world works. We got connected with Morgan. We're like, oh my gosh, yes, we have to have that conversation. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So cool. So that's all the things leading up. It almost sounds you're, do you feel like you were a born entrepreneur or like a, a made entrepreneur? I think I was a born like curious person. It's interesting. I just like, you know, you ask yourself. So to finish, to bring you up to speed for those listening, we launched in 2015. We we always had the goal of selling the company. We didn't talk about the Sandy and Wade before. I don't know how much you know about our journey since we met and launched Primal Kitchen, but we always, Mark always knew he wanted to sell the company. There's no money to be made in food unless you can really get to scale. And it's really hard to get to scale um, without raising a ton of money unless you partner with like one of the bigger CPG companies. So we actually ended up selling the company to Kraft Heinz for $200 million three years after we launched in 2018. So, um, and now I work for Kraft Heinz. So yeah. I've been there for three years post acquisition, which is crazy. But you, I often do wonder like, you know, is it timing? Is it luck? Like, what is it? Right? Like, how do you, mm-hmm. but I, it was funny. I was just on Instagram briefly. Cause I was telling you my despise of social media the other day, but I was just on there and someone, there's like some researcher who's been studying luck his whole life. And he studied like all these luck, considerably like lucky people. Um, and it really comes down to, in, in his mind from his years of research, decades of research is like mindset, like being optimistic, like believing things will work out. Um, There's just like some personality traits that lend to like, I don't know, I guess maybe more putting yourself in a situation where luck can find you versus like not being like maybe in the game, one would say. So I think, I think I was born with like an adventurous spirit and a lot of curiosity. And then I was confident enough to like put myself in situations I really had no business being in and thus like luck transpired for sure. So yeah. Wow. Your story is so inspiring. I love it. So being that you're also like on the personal side of life, like you're a mom, you have a three-year-old, a one-year-old and at this time of this recording, you're 22 weeks pregnant. How do you, for all the listeners, because we have so many like female entrepreneurs, so many mamas working and, you know, balancing their own business. Like, how do you, I know that's a really loaded question, but like, how do you find that balance of motherhood, family, and, you know? I mean, it's hard. It's hard. And like, I feel like it's not even fair for like at the point in which so it, the timing was perfect for me, right? Like I really hustled hard before I had kids. And then my first Riker was born November 6th and we sold the company November 28th. So I was like topless at a computer on the phone with like 60 <laughs> lawyers, the entire investment banking team, like nursing and getting the craft deal done for the first three weeks. Like I took no maternity leave. Like I was thankful I had a C-section because it meant a few more nights in the hospital. I got home on Friday and on Saturday, Mark and I had a four hour call on like the bonuses we were giving. We bonused every single employee down to like warehouse level and the with the transaction. We didn't, 
really raise any money and had no like formal equity for the employees. But it was something we talked about from day one, like how we wanted to take care of people. And that was like the best part of selling the business, quite honestly. But um, Mark and I had to like go through, okay, what are we doing, you know, for four hours, like literally the day after I got home from the hospital. So that was my experience. I wouldn't say there was any like balance then. Right. And I think now, even I was talking about this with my husband last night, like we're selling our house in Florida and moving back to Los Angeles. And with that, like all these house projects are coming and like our routine is just kind of like constantly changing every three months. But I think I, it would be like disingenuous to say like, Adam, we owned a cafe that we sold 10 months before my husband ran a cafe in San Diego. We sold 10 months before COVID. So there's like a lot of luck and timing there. Right. And he is pretty focused now on just like house projects. We've moved twice, sold two houses in the last three years and taking care of the boys. And we have a nanny. So like we have a lot of help. I think that's the only thing that makes it like manageable, like living near family or being able to have help. And yeah, otherwise, even that it's just like, you're just so guilt ridden all the time as a mom. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, (laughs) it's a lot, but it's good. Um, I would love to hear, and I'm sure you could share like dozens of stories on this, but what are some like hurdles that you would say? Like, I feel like so many, so many of our listeners often feel like when there's hurdles or things in the way that it's like a sign or something that they shouldn't be going down that path. And I'm a big believer that like when you feel stuck, like it's time to lean in. Like it means like you have to figure out a way. And when it feels like nothing is happening, like everything is happening. And so I'd love to know, like, what are some major hurdles that you kind of overcame like throughout your journey of like, yeah, you know, I, I like stepping back big picture too. I, I think we all know, you know, on this interview, but for the listeners too, you know, Primal Kitchen, this food brand, if you don't know it, is like natural, natural food brand started with, <laughs> with you guys, with you and Mark and sold it in three years for 200 million to craft and like, so like disrupting the big food industry. So many things, there's so much to unpack there, but yeah, like share with us, like the war stories and the journey and the hurdles along yeah. the way like, where the listener is going to be like, gosh, if I have an idea, I could run with it. I can be empowered. And oh my gosh, I shouldn't just stop at the first supplier that says no. Or Yeah. I mean, it took us three years to even find someone to manufacture the mayonnaise. So like yeah. if we start right there, like we had, Mark had created this like barbecue sauce and they had found a co-man to produce the barbecue sauce. And then that co-man like bailed on us at the last minute. And then I looked at the barbecue sauce and I was like, Mark, they're like, this may be paleo, but there's 30 fucking grams of sugar in here in the form of maple syrup. Like we're not launching this. Like <laughs> so that's when a big tenant of Primal Kitchen is like, it's not like there's a lot of that kind of like greenwashing, but paleo washing products where it's like, oh, it's paleo. It's fine. Maple syrup's like approved. And we really stuck to like the principles of like un- our unsweetened ketchup is one of our top sellers. Mm-hmm. We use balsamic vinegar instead it. of like grain vinegar. And that's really all you need to make the ketchup taste sweet. So, you know, there was a lot just before we could even get that first product out the door. And then a lot after that. Like I remember a year in, we had secured distribution with like Whole Foods and a bunch of other retailers. Mark and I tell this story all the time. And they suddenly couldn't make our mayonnaise. Our co-man was like, we don't know what's happening. We're like, "Um, mayonnaise is, it's an emulsion of, you know, fat, right? And egg. So it's, 
it's tricky. Like if you do anything a little bit wrong or if the temperature's a little bit wrong, you end up with like this substance that looks like boogers and you have to like <laughs> pour 2,000 pounds of product down the drain. So this went on for like two months maybe where we they could not successfully run our mayonnaise. And our inventory is just like gone. We're out of stock. We're going to lose shelf space at Whole Foods. Like we're telling our you know, our new retailer partners, like if you can't deliver, they're just going to put someone else in your spot. And you're, you're not getting that back or it's going to take a year to get it back. So we came to this point where we were both like really stressed. And then to run again and try again and figure out what's going on, you need to schedule time with the co-man. Well, they're booked out. So then you're paying overtime to do like a weekend run. So it was like super stressful. And what they ran our product on the weekend and it was maybe like the third or fourth time we had tried to run it again. And it, it ended up being successful. They called me like Monday morning and I was on my way into Malibu to meet Mark. And I didn't call him because I wanted to tell him in person. Like that's how big of a deal it was. I was like, this is not even like warranted to have this conversation on the phone. Like I need to tell Mark in person. And I had actually gotten engaged over the weekend. So I went to the Malibu Chamber of Commerce office and Mark came in. He's like, so like I've been calling, you know, like what's going on? And I was like, we're making mayonnaise and I'm fucking engaged. And <laughs> was just like crying in this like makeshift kitchen that we had like cobbled together you know, he's like, don't tell anyone I'm crying in here. But we were both like, he's like, I'm so happy for you. And I'm so happy we're making the mayonnaise. <laughs> so it was very much like, um, you know, there's a lot of those moments. But I would say for us, we were really scrappy. We didn't like, it's very common right now in food. You go like raise a ton of money, you lose a ton of money every year, and you're just going to sell on a multiple of your growth. So your whole, you're just trying to like grow, 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 grow. And I think that puts you in like a really stressful position where you have to make decisions you don't want to make because of your cash flow situation. We never really raised money. So we didn't have to run the business like that. We always like, we ran the business within our means. And look, we had the benefit of launching within this business Mark already had. So there was already a profitable business there. And it was like the mayonnaise was the first one new product to the business. And we kind of like grew from there. And then it just quickly dwarfed the rest of the business. And now, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, so I think we had a lot of champagne problems is what I like to call champagne mm-hmm. problems. A lot of that where it was like, well, we got to figure it out. But like the problem isn't that no one's buying our mayonnaise. The problem is that we can't make it fast enough. Or yeah. it's a good I mean, problem to have, yeah. Yeah, or we ran, we launched bars and they were terrible. I remember we, they heartened like a week later, but we didn't know. And so we sold like 50,000 bars online. And then these complaints started coming in and we were like, oh God, this is a nightmare. But it was like, again, champagne problems. Well, the market spoke. People want a bar that only has three grams of sugar and it has collagen in it. And we just need to figure out how to deliver one that isn't like breaking people's teeth. I mean, we've since just exited the bar category entirely. But um, do you guys you know, still so sell those had, bars? I remember those bars. Yeah, the collagen bars. Yeah, and then we had like another line of bars. And then finally, like last year, we were like, we're done. With they the bars. were COVID, pretty like, hard. I remember. Yeah, they were. COVID <laughs> killed the bar category, though. Like yeah. it was detrimental for like everyone. And for us, it was always such a small. We were always like a condiments business. It was a, mm-hmm. such a small part of our focus that we just made the decision it wasn't worth it. So yeah, a lot of like, I guess you could have looked at that bar thing and been like, this is a fiasco. We ran a promotion like with coupon code dentures and like, <laughs> seriously. And like the Kraft Heinz would never let us do the shit. Oh my God. We did in 2016. Like, oh God. Yeah. That reminds so me so bad. much. 
this whole story yeah. of like kind of grassroots ground up, you had a vision, you had an idea, you wanted to serve a market, like, and we'll kind of get, get into that. Like, I almost want to use the mayonnaise as like a microcosm, but it reminds us of one of our brands. We have 90 day habits where we built this big global business and we realized, you know, a lot of people then ask you, how do you, how do you do this, this or that? And we just documented it in a journal form in a 90 day, you know, business cycle. Hey, like do this. Here's a blueprint for success. Yeah. All of this. And we create a brand out of it with our friend Haley, 90 day habits. And we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't have it raise any capital or take any outside funds. We bootstrapped the whole thing. We did it messy. We did it before we were ready. And all, yeah, of course, all these hurdles come along the way, but you just keep going through. And I'm proud of us. Like almost two years later, we're going, we're growing and we're still going. And it is those scrappy, right? It's like the three of us founders and our, you know, we have one person who works with us. So the four of us just in the trenches, like doing the do calling customers, like doing all the different things. And it reminds me of your story, just like where you grow grassroots from the ground up and you just figure it out as you go. And when you believe in what you're doing, it makes it so much easier. So back to like this mayonnaise, I want to go into like, so people understand they're going to get like a health hack tip from this. Like, why'd you create the mayonnaise? And let's use why is regular mayonnaise really not good for you? And then why'd you create the primal kitchen mayonnaise? Yeah, sure. So there's like a commonly held belief by, you know, I think a growing segment of the population that canola oil and soybean oil and sunflower and safflower to some extent are not healthy. They're actually very inflammatory and ingredients we should be avoiding. Well, when you start reading labels, you realize that canola oil is like equivalent to high fructose corn syrup. It's in everything, like everything. So at the time we launched the mayonnaise, you couldn't find a mayonnaise at the grocery store or a salad dressing that didn't have canola oil or soybean oil in it. So we were the first people in the category to use, we used avocado oil. On top of that, they're adding sugar to mayonnaise, which is just like, really? Like, do we really need the sugar in the mayonnaise? Um, so, you know, we, we launched this mayonnaise with avocado oil with a very like simplified ingredient list and it tasted oil doesn't impart like that much flavor, like Mm -hmm. soybean and canola oil tastes like nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and avocado oil doesn't to an extent either. So, you know, we were able to provide the consumer with like a swap that was very unnoticeably different in tastes. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of worked for us. We're like, what else? Like, oh, ranch dressing. That's like something I used to dip my pizza in in college when I was drunk. And I love ranch dressing, but like, I don't eat that anymore because it's gross. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we made that with avocado oil and like cleaned up that ingredient statement too. So we kind of like honed in on these ketchup, same thing. Like why so much sugar? Can we do this without sugar? And we don't use like, we're not big on like, we have some stevia and monk fruit in like our, we actually, we might have stevia in our whey protein. We have monk fruit in our collagen protein powder. But other than that, we don't have any like even artificial sweeteners, but even natural sweeteners, we just don't have any of those Mm -hmm. in most of our products. So yeah. Yeah, we coach we coach people through like 30 day nutrition programs. And then so when we, you know, kind of give them insight on grocery shopping, like, okay, here's what we're going to do. And we, we always recommend we're like, if you're going to get dressings, condiments, salad dressings, just get Primal Kitchen. Trust me, you can trust the brand. It's going to be good. I love it. Even Thank you. Ask me or send me the pictures of it. Like just if you go with that brand, 
you're good to go. And then they try it. They're like, this tastes so good. You're telling me this is healthy. So for anyone yeah. out there who doesn't know the Primal Kitchen brand, today's the day. It's time to get to know it. My favorite dressings, I love the green goddess dressing for salads. We yeah. use the unsweetened ketchup, which you guys, just just for your guys' education, listening, if you don't already know it, yeah, high fructose corn, corn syrup is this highly processed syrup made of corn. And it goes through all these chemical processes and what it does in your body, it just sends inflammation into your body because your body's like, what is this food-like substance? I don't even know what that is. And inflammation a lot of times is the root of disease in our body. So the less we can have these highly processed canola oils, these hydrogenated oils, this high fructose corn syrup, the more it can be natural, like ketchup should be tomatoes and some vinegar, balsamic vinegar. Like it's, it, we don't have to complicate it and add all these things to it. Or if we can substitute avocado oil for highly processed canola oil, like it's so good for our bodies. So if you don't know the Primal Kitchen brand yet, it's time to get familiar. It's so good. You find it, you know, Whole Foods, you guys are everywhere, right? Anywhere where there's remotely healthy stuff, I feel like you're there. Yeah. And we're, yeah, we're in, I mean, we're even in Walmart at this point. So Publix, Walmart, Kroger, Costco, Whole Foods. Yeah. The whole yeah. gamut. Yeah. It must be said though. I feel like I make it sound so easy. Like it was just, oh, we got to 50 yeah. million in three years and sold the company for 200 million. But Mark had been blogging and developing a following for 10 years prior mm -hmm. to the launch of the business. Mm -hmm. So I think that was like, you know, we had people to talk to when we went to market and then we had the right product at the right time. But I think that was like those three things really all needed to fall in place to kind yeah. of like get us where we were. What is it like for you? And like, I'm sure your oldest son, he's three now. He probably like recognizes the brand. Like when you're in a store and you see it, like, does that, has that ever hit you of being like, wow, like that's pretty amazing that that's something that I was a huge part of. Yeah, no, it's cool for sure. And like, or when you're in a store, like you're in Northern Wisconsin where my parents' lake house is in the middle of nowhere and you find it in like some small grocery store. Like, How did this even get here? Like, this is so cool. And yeah, it is definitely like a baby, you know, like at our wedding, I had like, gift baskets and I, you know, put Primal Kitchen in everything. And like, I think I talked about Primal Kitchen in our wedding speech. Like it's definitely like, you know, feels a part of my ethos at this point. <laughs> so, yeah. and on top of it, like our first hire was my best friend, the same one that moved to South America with me after college, Anna. She's still our VP of marketing today. There's an amazing entrepreneur, Amanda, who hired me at Kavita. She is our EVP of growth. I was consulting for another company in between Kavita and Mark at the same time. Like, and Rick came over from there and he was our, like our kind of the third partner with Mark, me, and then Rick. So it, my best friend in Los Angeles manages the target account on sales for us. One of my best friends from growing up manages West Coast sales for us. So it's been very much like a family affair on top of that. And then the folks that, you know, weren't in my wedding party or I didn't know since childhood, like it, because it's such a like mission driven organization and everyone's like, so bought in on like the lifestyle, it feels very like family oriented. It feels like a family run business. You know, we try to keep it that way, but yeah. Do you feel like, was this ever your vision? Like, do you feel like when you, you know, reflect on what you guys have created, like, could you have imagined this like 10 years ago? So I think that's an interesting question. I think about this. I like remember telling my team this last year. Like when I, in my twenties, I was like really 
like clearly, I mean, I jumped all over from like accounting to an advertising agency to doing research for a political author and then into marketing. Like I was all over the board and like stressed a lot about like, what do I want to do with my life? Like I applied to be a naturopathic doctor. I was like, maybe I want to be a sex therapist. Maybe I want to be a teacher. Maybe I want to like, I really like would go, I was kind of, I don't know, like ADD about what do I want to do? Um, And then, you know, I just kept sticking in on this, like honing in on kind of the, I didn't even know what the food industry looked like. I don't think I would have been like, oh, I want to work in CPG. I hadn't even heard that term before, but I was like infatuated with these brands in the grocery store. And so it all kind of like fell into place. But I remember thinking when I worked at Kavita, like when I quit Kavita, maybe I'll have enough experience to be a marketing consultant. And then I was a marketing consultant. I'm like, maybe, you know, I always kind of wanted to have my own business, right? I'm like, maybe one day I can have my own business and then I can sell it. And then these things kept happening that I was like thinking. And then I was like, time out. You got to be like careful what you're thinking here because you're either like, you might not be setting the bar high enough. Like I told my team that at Primal Kitchen last year, like we got to be really careful what we're like manifesting or reaching towards because we might reach it. So like, let's, let's set the bar high enough. We had like a pretty big sales goal to get to um, 105 million in net sales uh, at the end of last year. And the year before we had done like 60 million. So it was a big stretch. It was almost like doubling the business, you know, in two years. And at that point, like it's, it's not easy, but it's it's much easier to double the business from 10 to 20 than it is from 60 to 100, more or less, right? And we had a lot of people on our team who like didn't think we were going to do it. And sure as shit, we did 105.8 million. Like oh we, you know, we set our mind to it and like the team accomplished it at the end of the year. And we had some folks who quit who were like, we're never going to hit this. Like this number is like outrageous. And, you know, we did. So I think... I think you got to like set a goal, not like something ridiculous, but like you're not going to meet it if you don't set it. So make sure you set it high enough. So amazing. So what's your vision like now? Like when you fast forward another 10 years, like do you think you'll create other brands? Do you think you'll create other things? Like be careful what what you think. I'm just curious. Yeah, I know. Well, this is what I'm struggling with. I will say like as a mom, this this is like also a really interesting question for me right now. So I have always for as long as I can remember. Like I wanted to launch, I was making my own sunscreen and like popping astaxanthin pills with they're like pink and it's like, and that provides natural sunscreen and squeezing it into like my zinc oxide, like badger sunscreen and wearing that when I was surfing and stuff. And then I wanted to create a sunscreen brand and then wanted to create a formula company. And then I, you know, there's always like infant formula. There's always like something ruminating for me. And right now, I am like, I'm like fresh out. I'm like, there's eight companies doing the infant formula thing. Like, I'm good. I'm just happy I can buy like Serenity Foods toddler formula for my boys. Like, I don't want to do, you know, all these things that I was like, would have been home runs. I could have started. I knew they would have been good. But I just, I'm pretty content. But then also like a a little bit eating away at myself inside of like, well, where's the normal entrepreneurial motivation. But I think what I've come to learn is like that stuff comes and goes like Mm -hmm. intrinsic motivation comes and goes and you just got to wait until it comes again. And, and then like when, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. So right now I'm kind of, I'm pregnant and we have like, we're going to have three boys under four. So maybe that's also like, I'm just good for a little while. Um, (laughs) I'd say so. Yeah. And I love, I didn't think I would stay at 
Kraft Heinz this long. Like I thought they would have fired me when they made the acquisition. And then I'm like, well, surely they'll get rid of me after a year. And then I'm like, I can't believe I'm still around. But like our whole, almost our entire leadership team and and then some, like the company's like still the same people running the business. So I'm still like waking up excited to work at Primal Kitchen every day. And a lot of the like really stressful parts of running the business, like we grew with a line of credit that Mark had a personal guarantee on, which means if we defaulted on our line of credit, like they could have taken his house, right? We grew the business with like, at one point it was up to like a $10 million line of credit that Mark had personal guaranteed. So that went away when we sold the companies. We didn't have to deal with like bank financing, which was nice not to have to like just provide that level of, I don't know, security. And then, you know, the legal team at Kraft Heinz is much better versed than like Mark and I trying to figure out legal issues on our own. And so a lot of the like super stressful parts of running the business before the acquisition are gone. Mm -hmm. And we get to just do like the fun stuff now, like make new products, Yes, there's like more corporate BS, but we've been able to kind of like have a nice fence up. They've been really good to us at Craft, and we've continued to grow. So I think that's why they've been nice to us. And so this is good for now. But I think, yes, like 10 years down the road, I, I would like to start another thing or yeah. two. I would like to have everybody telling you guys this. I want to have some Airbnbs. Right. Yes. I want one in Hawaii. That's just like a condo, so it's low maintenance. We're we bought we're in Florida on like two and a half acres, and it is we're on the intercoastal out in Sarasota and Siesta Key actually, and it's just like way too much maintenance for us. So we we're like we need a walkable surf location, like two bedroom condo where we can just throw all the boys in a bunk room and then run it out as an Airbnb when we're not there. So that's like our next entrepreneurial goal. I think that's what I see. That's the vision. You're going to be surfing. You're going to be a rad mom. And yeah, like, that's what I want to run Airbnbs. And then whenever a business idea pops up it to you, comes, you can like move hell, yes. you're going to be like, yeah. I'm going to just run with it. Like that's, yeah. And it's a super yeah. empowering. I think there's a few things to unpack of like that entrepreneurial spirit oftentimes is go, go, go is drive. But hearing you say like, I, I did the hustle and then we sold the company and now I'm in this like this flow state this ebb and flow of my life where I'm going to focus on being a mom and a, a wife and I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and then you know something but I'm sure something will come up and it'll come to me and I'll I'll go I'll run with that idea so that is empowering I think for entrepreneurs to hear that you know you might be in the trenches right now it, it's not necessarily always that way and there's the ebbs and flows and I also love the the premise of our show getting magnetic is kind of that what you think about, you bring about like what you, your life is a physical manifestation of what you think about all day long. So where do your thoughts go? Where does your energy go? And it's, it's cool to hear kind of your story and your journey and how that all has come to fruition and and excited to see where it goes next. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said too, I literally just had a conversation with a girlfriend about this yesterday, how you were like, if it's not a hell yes, I literally told my friend yesterday, she's going through a big life decision. And I told her, if it's not a fuck yes, then it's a hell no. Like your every fiber of your being needs to be all in on this decision. And if it's not aligned, don't force it. You know, so I love, I love that you said that. That's how we live our life too. Okay. So in wrapping up, I'd love to ask you, since you're a guest on getting magnetic, what does getting magnetic mean to you? Mm, it reminds me of like, I would say maybe being in like the flow state, like surfing where you're so involved in something that you are completely unaware of everything else that's going on in the world. Mm. So I think that would maybe mean what getting magnetic means to me. I love that. 
flow state here flow for that. State. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, your energy, your story. I know you inspired a lot of people. You sure as hell inspired me really like exploding the vision over here of what's possible. <laughs> um, and when you move back to California, I'm manifesting that we're all going to bump into each other in LA. Yeah, we would love that. We'll come down to you too. We're, we're totally down. It was great to meet you guys. Thank you so much. Of thank course. You. Thank you so much for being here. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So remember, you are magnetic. Magnetic.